And now, it's time for the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake and bake! Shake and bake. Shake it! Bake it! Does that feel good? Yeah. It rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Blake Crawford. The Shake and Blake Bowl. It's at Bell Snyder Family Stadium. It's just our faces on center field. John Grove. If everyone stays healthy, th- this team could go really far. Bring you all things K-State sports and even more. And it's Shake and Bake 10. This is Mahoney for the tie. And it's blocked! It's blocked! Kansas State blocked it! Hand off, Jones! Jones! Touchdown! Lanning. Lanning set! Fumble! Loose ball! Recovered by Kansas State! Jermike, you want more! Jack Cantelli. For the win. Cantelli's kick. It is good. Unreal finish here in the Little Apple. 24 unanswered for Kansas State. Well, you wanted a game, we got a game. There's the snap. Two step drop. Looking left is Skyler. He'll have to hustle. Throws back to the right side. He will try to throw the ball into the end zone. Touchdown! In the back of the end zone. Super's got it. He's got it. No time left on the clock. K State has won the game. Unbelievable. K State always beats Iowa State. I don't know how, but it happens 10 in a row. The longest winning streak against K State. I am going to pass out. I'm about ready to fall. My hair's going away. I'm sitting back down. K State wins! Welcome everybody into the Shake and Blake show live here on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Blake Crawford alongside John Grove as always. John, it's Farmageddon week. How are you doing? A dynamic duo back at it. I believe it was sometime around last year we, we were discussing Farmageddon. I don't know if it was before the game or if it was after the game, but I'm just happy we're finally able to talk crap at Iowa oh, State it's, again. It's good to be back talking trash about uh, Iowa State. There's been a ton of great content on Twitter, John, especially with everything that's happening with KU. I mean, it's been an interesting week in college football. And then obviously um, some news that just broke today about the Pac-12, which we'll definitely talk about later. Uh, once again, you're listening to the Shake and Blake show live here in Wildcat 91.9. We're a K-State sports talk show here on Wildcat 91.9. Blake Crawford, John Grove. We've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to preview Iowa State. I've got a little PSA planned. Um, John, I've just I've seen some really horrific propaganda from Iowa State Twitter, I just want to clear some things up and you know state some facts. Uh, so we'll preview Iowa State. You know, go through some Wildcat headlines. What's been happening in soccer, volleyball, as well as a new member to the 2023 football recruiting class. We'll give our keys to victory and a score prediction against Iowa State. But first, John, we have to just give a big old happy birthday happy to Jerome birthday. Tang and Bill Snyder. Yes. Who would have thought? Who? I, same. I same that cannot be a coincidence, John. The the video of Jerome Tang like getting like. Getting full going in there, seeing like the what what they were saying as a mess in the locker room, and then 
Next thing you know, they just start yelling once when he gets in there. And <laughs> then, then they start singing happy birthday and just does his own dance moves. Like, dude, the, the, the basketball coaches are so are so much characters, oh my. man. It's so much fun I, I said it on Twitter. He's the most charismatic coach in K-State history. I'm trying to think of somebody <laughs> who has more charisma than Jerome Tang. And, I mean, not on top of that, on his birthday, he does the one-chip challenge. Doesn't even flinch. I mean, I, I I almost want to believe it's fake. He just played it off. So what? He didn't need water. He didn't make any sort of face. He just took eat the whole chip in one bite. He's he, he's he's like a pl- he was like a player afterwards. Like a, his reactions to winning March Madness or something. Yeah, like, give me a. I've been through this before. Yes. <laughs> now, before we get into the Iowa State preview, make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. We just did a Q&A for a 50th episode that went out yesterday. So if you make sure to check that out. It's two hours long, um, but we've got there's definitely some good content in there, especially my opinions on people who wear Crocs without socks. And um, I'm glad to see Ace Edwards on Twitter agreed with me about my boneless wings take because um, I was a little scared. There's some definitely some big bone in stands out there. Anyway, if we want to do another Q&A in the future, you want to make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785 so you don't are able to ask us the questions that you want to ask. Uh, and make sure if you're, you know, if you want to check out more from us, we're on wherever you get your podcast. Just look up Shake and Blake because uh, we'll be back Monday to recap the Iowa State game. Um, so let's, John, let's get into this Iowa State preview. Mm-hmm. Um, so for context, obviously Iowa State is three and two, zero and two in Big Twelve play, losses to Baylor and Kansas. Um, and just for full context, um, so the people know, I have not really seen a ton of Iowa State. I went back and watched the entire K Iowa State KU game, which, oh my God. I don't know. Ugh. The things I do for you people. Anyway, so that's really the only game I've seen from Iowa State, which was not their best performance. Just to be fair, um, I saw because I was busy watching KU Duke um, during the um, during that week when they were playing Baylor and things like that. So I just want to get that out of the way. Um, John, let's just go right to you here. What are you seeing um, when it comes to Iowa State? I'll kind of start things off with the offense and kind of go by each by each uh, separate positioning group and all of that stuff. So uh, when I when I first saw the offense against Baylor and Kansas, the first time the first thing I noticed is like, okay, this ain't your Bro- Brock Purdy, Brees Hall type of Iowa State team. This is kind of, this is kind of a more, more on a poverty slash young young younger level for for Matt Campbell's squad this year. I mean, a few weeks ago this group looked like they were going to get they were going to be great, and now I mean they they look as if they can't stop a ninety year old grandmother from sh- from shoplifting. I mean this is extremely concerning because a ninety year old could uh, could probably get a sack on Hunter Deckers as well. Um, but the Cyclones allowed five sacks on Saturday, and they allowed the KU defensive line to disrupt many other plays all afternoon. If this Iowa State offense is going to get back on track, uh, it's going to have to take a uh, mag- uh, take a significant step forward. For yeah, sure. Yeah, when it comes to their offense, I mean, Hunter Deckers on the season has six interceptions. Uh, he probably should have a few more. I mean, there was the one against KU. He throws he throws a pretty bad jump ball, and I think Kobe Bryant, um, he catches it. He comes down with it. He bobbles it a little bit. They initially call it a pick, but they end up, um, you know, going to review it, and they call it not an interception, which then, you know, leads to the whole, you know, all the missed field goals and stuff. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Should we just talk about that now, John? Their special teams are terrible. Oh my gosh. Three, it... Just just in the KU game alone, guys. Just to put this in perspective, three missed field goals, a muffed punt. You totally mess up a PAT, and it somehow turns into a two point conversion. You have kick catch interference where an Iowa State player is tackling a KU returner for no reason. I mean, 
I know people are saying that you know Iowa State doesn't have a special teams coach. I mean, K State doesn't either. But we put so much time into special teams, and obviously Chris Kleiman was probably he probably wasn't watching the game, but if he did, he'd just be laughing because that's why you put so much time into special teams because it really matters. I mean, I I I do recall. I thought I could have sworn during the offseason they might have hired a special teams coordinator, oh, okay. but. I mean, it it still looks like it still looks like absolute garbage. I mean, what what is there left to say about Iowa State and their special teams? <laughs> I mean, gave, they gave up uh, like two or three kickoff returns to Louisiana in twenty twenty, missed a lot of field goals. I mean, in that KU game, that there was no excuses. Iowa State could have won that thing uh, if special teams never existed, and well, K State would probably be struggling no more without special teams <laughs> as well. Um, Unless, unless the second coming of Jesus happens, and if he can play in all areas of special teams for Iowa State, I, I'm already giving. John, you're on. Again. You're on one today. I, I, Go I, off. I'm, I'm on one today. Um, <laughs> it, it's. I mean, and ter- like comparing the two special teams, K State's K State like in a landslide. They, oh we my don't. K State doesn't give up too many special team scores. They, they, and they're, lim- they're starting to limit and control uh, control some of the pace and limit the mistakes as much as possible, especially when it comes to Chris Tennant and the field goal kicking, and as well as Ty Zettner when it just really comes to bombing those punts because yeah. those will set teams far back. I mean, those things make a ton of difference. I mean, to me, I mean, this is kind of unrelated, but you think of like, I think it was the 2010 Chargers. They had the number one offense and the number one defense in the NFL, and they didn't make the playoffs. And there's a great video about uh, that Secret Base made about it, and it's all about their special teams. I mean, they lost all these close games because of stupid mistakes on special teams. Now, that got me thinking, John, when was the last time K-State gave up a special teams touchdown? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's like, I mean, this Um, is 10, like 11 years ago, but the kickoff return against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl... Like we may have given one up to to Oklahoma State. Oh, there's definitely we, one we, before we, that. We we get we gave one up to that, uh, Texas in 2018. Okay, but in final in Snyder's final final game yeah, against I, Texas, where they got a punt return out of it. That's but, kind um, of ironic. I try not to think about 2018. <laughs> I try not to as well. But you 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 were the one who were you. Were I brought I brought it up. That's that's on me. That's on me. Um, let's met, go back to their offense for a little bit. Uh, PFF ranks Iowa State's offense at 104th. Um, and you talked about Hunter Deckers. He's, I think, I think Ace described it best. I think he said this on the Iowa State preview. He's just like only Brock Purdy moments. Like he doesn't have the like the high upside that Brock Purdy does as a quarterback. He's just only Brock Purdy moments. I mean, it's just so weird. Like he'll sit in there, take a shot, and deliver a strike to Xavier Hutchison on fourth mm-hmm. and seven. Two plays later, he's throwing a terrible jump ball and it almost gets picked off. So I mean, you know, I think Joe Klanderman talked about some of the inconsistency that Hunter Deckers has. But I mean, I'm going to touch on it a lot a little bit later on in, in the show. But I think turnovers are going to be a big factor in this game, especially you know you look at Iowa State's turnover numbers offensively and the havoc K State's been creating on defense in terms of forcing turnovers. I think that's going to be a real key uh, to you know get out with a win at Jack Trice Stadium tomorrow night. I will say for Iowa State when it comes to the passing attack, uh, I mean we're currently seeing a young quarterback learn on the fly here, and he was probably not put in the best position, uh, and. Probably what Matt Campbell should have done is go after a transfer if, if a young freshman wasn't ready, kind of kind of like what K State was doing. Because realistically, I was not anticipating to see Will Howard or Jake Rubley ready. Um, but you know, for Iowa State, some of the sacks given up um, this past weekend may have been avoided if Deckers was a- was able to compared to Adrian Martinez escape the pocket a little bit better. But his presence in the pocket surely, uh, I mean, it, it will get better as the season goes on. But 
the interception, the turnover potential remains a bit of an issue. I mean, miscommunications are, are definitely one of the bigger reasons for that. Dickers will have to do a lot better uh, with his wide receivers and be on the same page. Oh. Well, okay, I'll go ahead and jump in. I don't, do you have anything else to say? I, I mean, I could, I could kind of wrap it up with the, with the passing game. I mean, okay, it, yeah, it, it's been very noticeable. Man, I just blanked out. Marcy. No, I've, I've, t- I've done that multiple times. Uh, it, it has been, <laughs> it's been very noticeable for the main reason, and I mean, the interception. Uh, but I believe one of one of which did lead to a KU touchdown this this oh, past Saturday okay. as well. So. Oh my God, that interception is like I, that gave me a headache. I mean, he's literally he takes the snap, telegraphing it the whole time. It's like just a little ten yard out route. The receiver hasn't even made his break. He's still looking at the end zone on the far side. He hasn't even turned, mm-hmm. and he's already throwing it, and it's right at a KU player. I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if we're going to talk about the passing game, John, got to talk about Xavier Hutchinson. Hutchinson, he's one of the best wide receivers in the Big 12. He's up there on the caliber of a Marvin Mims, uh, maybe like Bryce Ford Wheaton. Uh, there's somebody else I'm totally blanking out on. Who am I thinking of? Uh, um, oh, Xavier Worthy from Texas. Um, yeah, he's yeah, He's up there in those kind of guys. Right. He, he had a really great game against KU, although – he did have that touchdown ca- catch that, I mean, it's a tough catch, but that's a catch Xavier Hutchinson can make in the end zone, gets knocked, um, you know, knocks the, a KU player knocks the ball out, and that kind of costs them the game. And besides the fact that you just you just quarterback sneak on fourth and inches when you're in there and you try to score a touch. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's a game in the past. But um, And then another thing to mention, if we move on to the run game a little bit, no Jahiro Brock for Iowa State, no their Jahiro leading Brock. rusher. Okay. So Deion Silas is going to be the main back for Iowa State. Losing your lead back, obviously, is really huge. But Iowa State really struggled with their run game. They had negative 19 rushing yards in the first half against KU, John. Negative 19. And with K-State's defensive line and our linebackers, I mean... I, I, I and I mean I'm not an offensive line expert, you know, like some people. But I, I wasn't. I saw some holes. Definitely, it seems like their guard play is a little questionable. Like there's a play Iowa State's. I think it's near the end of the first quarter. They're in max protect. They got seven people, and the guard just lets some guy split right through him, and he's got a clear path to the quarterback, and it's just an easy sack on Hunter Deckers. Um, so I'm, I mean, I think there's a potential for a really special defensive performance against a subpar rebuilding, we'll say, Iowa State offense. I was not aware with with the Jareel with the Brock, uh, but Jareel Brock, Brock news. Um, but uh, I mean, here, hearing this now, Iowa State's going to be in big trouble. I mean, while, while Eli Sanders and Deion uh, Silas, I mean, they'll have a lot of potential. We just didn't get too much from him uh, last Saturday, like you mentioned, the negative rushing yards uh, against Kansas. This team's gonna miss Brock more than one thinks, and I think the worst. I think the worst part of all, when you're when you're considering Iowa State's rushing attack, it currently sits 110th in the nation. I mean, this can't happen if this team is going to make a a big move when it comes to uh, competing for the Big 12. And you know, when you're looking at when you're looking at K State on the on the other side of the ball, K State's gonna bring one of the be- best uh, one of the best defensive ends, Felix and yeah. Uzama. Uh, end of a game, as well as Khalid Duke. I mean, they, they're gonna they're gonna be pressuring. I mean, they're gonna be pressuring the heck out of Hunter Deckers. And considering how low the run game is, I, I just can't really see any way how Iowa State's gonna be able to manage their offense unless Hunter Deckers and uh, Xavier Hutchinson are able to connect more more frequently than not. 
Yeah, I mean, they're just get, they're going to need a lot of Xavier Hutchison. And they used him a lot in the KU game, just a lot of simple drag routes, just get him out in open space and give him a chance to run because he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a great um, wide receiver. Do you have any more thoughts on the offense, John, before we move to Iowa State's you know stronger part of the side, uh, side of the field in defense? Yeah, I, and the thing that kind of leading into the defense, the thing I just find so weird, you have a horrific offense and a horrific <laughs> special teams, but for Iowa State, the defense has really been like the solid – that's all a portion that's kept them in these games. You know, like we talked about K-State, that's pretty much the reason how, how the Cats were c- keeping it close to Tulane uh, in Week 3. Iowa State, as bad as their offensive play has been, I mean, they they, they keep going neck and neck with the likes of KU, Baylor. I mean, I, I mean Iowa, but... I mean, Iowa's I'm, offense is just. Did you see? Did you see the no uh, context college football video that was like, "What's the most overrated stat?" And the Iowa head coach is like, "Offensive yardage." I thought that was the funniest thing I saw all day. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh man, but um. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the Iowa State defense. I'll, I'll get us back on track here, John. That's fine. That's I mean, fine. players to know, obviously, Will McDonald. Will, Will McDonald's McDonald. a stud. He is on the level of Felix Andudike Uzama. He is, I mean, he's a truly special talent. Um, O'Brien Vance is a linebacker for Iowa State. He's their leading tackler. He's also the leader in tackles for loss as well with four and a half. Um, something that stood out to me looking at the stats defensively for Iowa State, um, no player on Iowa State has more than one and a half sacks. So they're not a team that really gets to the quarterback a ton. And, I mean, I think based on what we've seen from Adrian Martinez's pocket presence along with our offensive line play, you know, knowing we're going to have at least our solid five in, you know, and we can uh, rotate line gang and, you know, uh, uh, Gavin Delforge, totally blanked out on that name. I think we could have a game with, you know, very few sacks, maybe not even any sacks. I think this this is definitely the the, the trap game for the offense. You know, K State yeah. witnessed one of the top ten defenses this year in Tulane, in which they were not able to get generate anything. Uh, this Iowa State defense is going to be one of the best in the country, if not in the Big Twelve. I mean, they're only giving up fifteen points per game, but four fewest total yards in the country. Uh, this this group is coming off of a week in which they allowed one of the best offensive offensive fronts uh, till till the. Uh, till last week to only score 14 points and pile up only uh, 213 yards. And that that only includes only giving up roughly 40 yards on total offense in the second half as well. Yeah, definitely. And obviously they run the 3-3-5 defense just like a lot of the Big 12. Um, Do you have any more thoughts before we move on? Just want to make sure you got everything you needed out of the Iowa State defense. I would say say, um, this will kind of go into my key. To my keys uh, later later on, but um, this K State throw the ball consistently in this one because you know Iowa State they're gonna just spring all fronts uh, on Martinez and Vaughn when it comes to the run game. Iowa State has proven they can play defense at a higher level, and the question is, can Martinez make enough plays for the air? You know when we have when we have to, and that that's still uh, we'll we'll wait and see on that from that perspective. Yeah, that was a great tease, John. By the way, to the keys later on in the show. That was I'm I'm so I'm, proud. I'm killing it today. And you're on one. I mean, geez, it's it's, it's Iowa State corns down. Oh yeah, shuck Iowa State. Yeah, speaking of corns down, John. Um, you know this show we usually tend to be pretty lighthearted. You know, make a lot of jokes, but um, I just want to take the time to kind of get serious. You know, I think Iowa State has been um, distributing some propaganda that I just find shocking on Twitter, and I just I want to make a little public service announcement. So. Cyclone Larry. Yeah, um, so I think I need... It's time to get serious, John. 
This is a public service announcement, a message to those who have suffered from the diabolical, sadistic, debilitating side effects of consuming corn. Corn is a dangerous vegetable that has such side effects as pellagra, bloating and flatulence, an upset tummy, tooth decay, or drowsiness and lethargy. Now, I've been seeing some influencers on social media saying such things as, quote, corn, a big lump with knobs. It has the juice. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing, end quote. Can you imagine saying something so ignorant, John, knowing tens, if not dozens of people have suffered at the hands of this inferior vegetable? I mean, I'm sorry, John. But I, I just had to get that off my chest. I have seen so many people's lives affected in the most minor and completely inconsequential ways by corn. But there's still a tiny little effect there. And I'm cr- I, quite frankly, I'm sick of it. So please, if you or a loved one is thinking about consuming corn this weekend, just don't. Just don't. Eat some bread instead. Thank you. Okay, well, um, wow, way to blow it right there. I mean, you just you, what, well, I mean, music finish. You, I mean, it was. I need to get out of. Wow, I'm just I'm fully invested in this serious role right now. John's putting on his glasses. We're getting very serious on the show. Oh, I I I, I just took them off of a of a quick segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to um, take a quick break after that. But after that, we got Wildcat headlines around the Big Twelve, Pac-12 not on ESPN or Fox. And keys to victory and score prediction, all next on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove live here on Wildcat 91.9. Time for some Wildcat headlines, John. First of all, new member to the 2023 football recruiting class, Jace Brown, three-star wide receiver from Fort Walton Beach, Florida, shows K-State of the likes of Tulane, Suckett, Army, and Air Force. Um, K-State was his lone Power 5 offer, but he was getting interest from some ACC schools. Um, Drew Galloway from K-State Online makes a great point that we, uh, K-State has had a recruit from Florida five years in a row. So uh, welcome to the family, Jace Brown. That's great. Uh, and for, for Army, Navy, and Air Force, suck it, but thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I not mean, for, this, not for Tulane, though. This, this, is, a pretty, this is a pretty solid addition, uh, especially to Thad Ward's group. You know, you're bringing in a guy who's able to – who has a pretty good ball skills. He has great feet. Uh, good, he has a good feel for running routes as well right off the bat. Yeah, really great addition. Let's talk about K-State soccer real quick. They traveled to Austin and took on number 23, Texas. Game was scoreless in the first half, John, but Texas exploded in the second half, getting four goals for a 4-0 win. Texas had 21 shots, 10 of them on goal, compared to only the 11 shots for the Cats, five of those being on goal. K-State has still never beaten Texas in program history, now being 0-7-0 against the Longhorns. It's been a brutal three games for K-State, John. They've played the three highest-scoring offenses in the Big 12 back-to-back. 0-6 because the first year K-State played as an independent 
uh, against Texas as an independent for first year as a, as a soccer program. But um, uh, you know, Texas Texas broke through. Um, what was it like midway through the second half? Oh, uh, like the sixty second minute. Yes. Yeah, oh, sixty eighth minute. Sixty eighth uh, minute. Sorry. Cameron Brooks, she had a great game, two goals for, for the Longhorns. Um, and, the, and, and I think she – oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, from the 68th minute to the yeah, 82nd minute, they scored four goals, and they scored the second and third goal, like, almost back-to-back. There was uh, not much time between them. Yeah, I mean, a 21-11 advantage in total shots. K-State just hasn't been really able to capitalize offensively on that side of the field, including a 10-5 advantage as well on the shots and goals. So. Uh, we'll see how K State's able to bounce back. They're going to take a little trip up to Waco from Austin. So yeah, they're going to stay in Texas and uh, play Baylor in Waco Sunday noon. Big Twelve now, ESPN Plus. Now we mentioned it yesterday, John, but we'll just let's briefly touch on volleyball. Um, so in case you missed our fiftieth episode, came out yesterday. They went to Morgantown on Wednesday, took on West Virginia, won three sets to zero. Um, you know, real team effort. Nobody in the game got double digit kills. Aleda Baca led the team with nine. And um, as we mentioned yesterday, John, it's good to get two sweeps in a row before you take a week off because you're going down to Austin, Texas, to play the best team in college volleyball in mm-hmm. Texas. Number one, Texas, Jordan Eggleston. She just keeps doing her thing. Texas was just sliding by through all these opponents this year. It's just absolutely insane. But, you know, uh, the K-State's serving. They continue to put pressure on the opponents. They kept West Virginia out of system. Uh, got a lot of productive touches in, uh, in the net and score points defensively, uh, as well as some of West Virginia's uh, off-balance de- uh, offensively as well. They were just hitting a lot of shots, slowing out of bounds. K-State was, K-State was getting a lot prepared uh, on the defensive side. I think they yeah they held West Virginia to .075 hitting. So um, all, in terms of a defensive effort, great win. Uh, and my, my dad says this, he coaches <laughs> on the volleyball team. So Yeah, if yeah. you don't, Jeff Grove is John's dad, the associate <sighs> head coach of uh, K-State Volleyball. So I try, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot too with my dad, but not tonight. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, he said getting out of Morgantown, especially when you're traveling that far during a midweek match, is not easy. And like I think we, we touched on this as well with kind of a, the arena atmospheres, you know, like you, you'll play in a lot of these big and small arenas. West Virginia has a pretty big arena, and it, it's gonna be. It, it just kind of gives a different type of effect on, on how volleyball players are able to perform as well. So, um, you're able, you're you're able, you're always happy to get out of a win in Morgantown, but especially in three, uh, that makes it even better. You know, it's kind of similar, John, to why every single Final Four teams always shoot worse because they're in a big dome and their their depth perception is a little bit different. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to that. Um, so just to recap what's coming up this week for soccer and volleyball, um, Sunday, uh, playing Waco, uh, playing Baylor in Waco. Oh my gosh. Uh, big Wait. 12 now ESPN plus, uh, nothing for volleyball this weekend, but again, going at Texas next week. You, you did, you did say Waco. I, I, I will, I will just say one little fact. Just, just, I don't know why. Give I it just, to me. Uh, TCU used to be located in Waco. What? Did you know that? It used to be located in Waco and then, um, some millionaire, uh, Came came to Waco one day, uh, with ba- I mean with Baylor already, uh, with Baylor setting their 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 sides on on Waco. A billionaire came in for TCU said, "Hey, we'll give you some money. We'll go to Fort Worth, <laughs> uh, huh. and you'll you'll start campus from there." So just just a little bit of a little bit of insight. Yeah, and John, we're still eagerly awaiting that 2023 football conference schedule. Oh, that's my gosh. that's gonna be I'm, it's it's October. They said around yeah. any time around October and maybe early November. 
This it should be when the 2023 schedule is out. If, if we start off on the road again, I like, swear. I mean, I, I mean, if it is on the road, I mean, like, I I hope it's Orlando or Provo because those would be some pretty fun trips. Yeah, go to a new place. If it's yeah. if it's if it's if it's any place like Norman or Stillwater, if it's Stillwater, if it's Stillwater next year, I'm not going to be happy. Just every year, it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State on the road. Just every single freaking every, time. Man. Every time, man. All right, John, let's go around the Big Twelve now. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, West Virginia, Baylor, both on buys this week. Let's. I believe they'll be playing next week on either Thursday or Friday night. It's okay. one of those two nights. Cool. Uh, let's save the big game, John, for the end here. So, and I, <laughs> it's funny that we're going to start off with this game. 11 a.m. ABC, Texas, Oklahoma, Red River rivalry. Not as much hype as in previous years. Mm-hmm. I believe the first time both teams are unranked in the Red River since 1998. Texas favored in this game by nine points. They've got Quinn Ewers back. Um and D, uh, Dylan Gabriel is out and General Booty he's, is in. He's um. Oh, is he? Kind of correct you on that. Dylan Gabriel, he's questionable. Oh, he's questionable. He'll, probably, okay. he'll probably get about an hour. They'll probably know about an hour or two okay. before the game. But uh, you know, Oklahoma, they're just dealing with a lot of. They're just dealing with a lot of issues right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, um, they have a lot. Of, I mean, they just have a lot, of, a lot of in, injuries to keep players, and even before that, losing. Last week, Oklahoma just looked out of sorts. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, I think Oklahoma will keep things close in the close in the in the first half. But boy, that Texas game, especially with Quinn Ewers back, I mean, they're going to be a load offensively to handle. I'm just seeing Oklahoma's defense lately has not looked good. You give up, you get. I mean, you give up 41 points to Adrian Martinez and company. That's one thing. You give up 55. <laughs> Give a 55 to Max Duggan. Yeah. And 41 in the first half. 41 in the first half. You can, I mean, that, I mean, that, I mean, and everybody was telling me, oh, Brent, Brent Venable, <laughs> yeah. he's a defensive guru. He's going to change Oklahoma's defense. Uh, no, no. Y- y'all were better off with Lincoln Riley when it came <laughs> to defense, which even then is, is, is pathetic and sad. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I don't. I think Oklahoma is going to struggle late in the game. I think Texas is going to really get their offense going uh, when, at, at the right times, and I think the Horns finally, finally, yeah. they're they they well due to beat Oklahoma. If this is not the year to beat Oklahoma, I don't know when it is. Yeah, I'm 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 in agreement with you, John. Here, I'm going to take Texas as well. Uh, let's move on here. 2:30 p.m. FS1, Texas Tech. Facing number seven Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. Okie State coming off a bye. Um, Texas Tech obviously looking to bounce back after the loss to K State. Um, I'm re- I think Oklahoma State is a I'm really liking Oklahoma State at home here coming off a bye. No, they're, they're coming off of a win over Baylor. Oh, I'm oh they had their bye the week before. I'm sorry. Total. Oh my gosh. Sorry, anyway, a, a big win against Baylor. Um, and I, I think Oklahoma State will continue to roll here, and you know I think they'll beat Texas Tech by a fairly large margin. So kind of similar to K State and Iowa State, those two teams are starting to uh, starting to heat up. But with, when it comes to a new rivalry, you know, um, I, just, I recall on Twitter they're going to call it the Dust Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that. You saw that? Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, but these two teams historically high powered offenses. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, they will likely exchange blows in a thrilling back and forth game. I just think Oklahoma State's defense is gonna rise up at the end and we've seen too many turnovers from Donovan Smith at at this point. I think Oklahoma State uh wins by two possessions. Yeah, I, I like that pick too. All right, John, here we go. Game of the century. 
It's Ele- not Oklahoma and Texas. It's not Oklahoma and Texas. It's 11 a.m., Fox Sports 1, which is Brando o'clock, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, KU will get to revel in the lovely voice of Tim Brando. 17th-ranked TCU takes on 19th-ranked Kansas. KU's biggest test by far, squeak by Iowa State. You're 5-0 and for the first time since 2009. Game day is going to be there. You just an- just announced some new stadium renovations. Bring out them porta potties, baby. <laughs> you got Kevin Harlan to do a voiceover for you. KU has got all their chips in on this game, but can they deliver? <laughs> in uh, one of the most important games in recent Kansas football history. I mean, very, I mean, typically you you'll have like a few minor distractions here and there. When you have college game to come into to your town, I don't care who for who. Well, I mean Alabama, they'll be fine with it. I mean they <laughs> they they've witnessed stuff like that before. But I mean for Kansas getting all this media love, they they better not. They better hope it's not a distraction. But um, after beating Iowa State with their defense, can we turn around and win a shootout? Because TCU's offense is whew, TCU's offense is good. Uh, just seeing that against Oklahoma, I mean that. I mean seeing Gary Patterson team last year under without offense they looked absolutely horrific and Felix Anyadike Izama pretty much was the one uh that that got rid of Gary Patterson in that in his last game and now you bring in Sony Dykes TCU seek as as 4-0 they're 4-0 they're 4-0 good teams can win games in multiple ways and I think Kansas is a good team but I have seen TCU to the point where where I, I would suggest that they are as well can, da- can Jalen Daniels and a strong running game from Kansas keep the points on rolling in this matchup? I think they can, but I think TCU just has a little more juice at the end. I believe this is going to be the this might be the best Big Twelve game we've seen thus far. But uh, I think I think uh, I think TCU and Max Duggan they will have the answer for Kansas late in this contest. I think they'll be the magic. I think they'll end a magical magical run. But you know if Kansas wins. I mean, I'll, I'll stop all the, all the smack talking in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, K-State Twitter, we're waving the white flag. Like, we'll, we'll just we'll just complain. It's like, all right, you've been battle-tested. Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah, that's right. That, that's pretty much that's pretty much the, uh, the you know, our, our official statement here on, on behalf of EAM on Twitter. Now, let's remember, John, you talked about that electric KU running game. They have no Daniel Ishaw. They do not have Daniel He's Ishaw. probably that's out for right. the year. That was a pretty bad injury um, in that Iowa State game. You know who they're bringing in now? Our, Ky- our, Kai our, Thomas. Our good old buddy Kai Thomas. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Ishaw was the thunder to Devin Neal's lightning, so it's going to be Devin Neal, Kai Thomas. And you know KU loves to do a bunch of diamond formation and multiple running backs. I mean, they literally had like a pistol formation with like three running backs behind them and like their fullback. They do some crazy stuff. Um, I don't know where they're getting these plays from, but they're I, I, I don't want to admit it, John, but KU's offense, they do run some stuff. I'm like, that's fun. Um, so, I mean, I can understand why KU's all hyped up about this team, but – Let's remember, so far, TCU's looked really dominant, but they've struggled a little bit in the second half. Some of that maybe because they've had such big leads. I mean, they're up 28-7 against SMU, a little under five minutes left in the first half, and then you win 30, or 42-34, excuse me, only by one possession. You know, you're up 41-17 on Oklahoma. It's a little bit of a different example, obviously, since your lead is so big and there's no Dylan Gabriel. But, you know, you only you only and, put up two more touchdowns in the second half. And the fact that Oklahoma's defense has just been completely <laughs> non-existent. Um, 
Uh, any man, I can't believe I'm saying this. O- Oklahoma really needs Dylan Gabriel back so they can beat Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have? What a, what a, they're playing KU next week. Wow. Can, what you, a, ma- can you imagine? Oklahoma would be 0 and 3. KU would be 3 and 0 in Big 12 play. I, that would just be in Norman. Oh my god. Unbelievable. That, that would be that would be chaotic. That would just be so crazy. Um, I mean, to be fair, KU did struggle a lot in that second half they against have. Iowa State. Um, this is a tough one. I mean, I feel bad because I've like I've picked against KU like every time, and they've proven me wrong. But I just feel I feel like this is kind of like finally where the rubber meets the road for Kansas. I think it's six and a half points is a it's kind of a lot for TCU on the road. Yeah, I'd against, say that's a little too much. I think this will be a close game. I think KU can at least cover that spread. Um, but I like TCU in a really close game. I think I think this is, comes down to one possession. Yeah, uh, whoever will, has the ball last. Whoever, either whoever has the ball last or which defense can actually stand up yeah. and, and rise against either Duggan or Daniels. Yeah, whoever wins the coin toss should definitely uh, receive. Uh, so let's talk about our game, John. 6.30 p.m., ESPNU, right? That's right. Okay, cool. Jack Tri Stadium. Union. Iowa State in their all blacks. Uh Farmageddon. Now, John, I I I am very confident that K State is going to win this game, but I feel like it's not gonna feel very good. I think mm-hmm. this is gonna be an ugly game. It's gonna be pretty low scoring. The over under is like forty five, and I still would think about taking the under. I'm taking the under. Yeah, that's I mean this is going to be a defensive game, but like I said earlier in the show, turnovers. I mean, K-State's defense is averaging over two turnovers or forcing over two turnovers a game. Iowa State's offense is almost giving up two turnovers a game. K-State has had multiple games where we've, uh, we've forced four turnovers. So I think when, you know, when our offense will probably go into another lull state like it has in games before, those turnovers are going to be what turns the tide for the Cats. I, I do agree, and I think ultimately, and when you when you're looking at this from an Iowa State defensive perspective, as good as their defense has been when it comes to pressuring the QB, limiting the run game, they have not they have not found any ways to create any turnovers, and you know for Adrian Martinez the six, he has limited his turnover game to the point where it's like, what was it five games in now. Not a, not, not, not a turnover. Well, I mean he's fumbled, but he hasn't he, turned the ball over. Yeah, he hasn't necessarily turned the ball over. I think I think for K State, in order to be successful, you're gonna have to open up that passing game. Uh, I mean, you, I mean Texas Tech, they were gonna do their best to try to keep Vaughn and Martinez, and unless unless if and unless I, I'm kind of looking at this similar to Texas Tech last week, if Iowa State's defense has enough juice uh, left left in the, left in the carton to go after Vaughn and Martinez uh, when it comes to the run game, I mean that passing attack needs to be there. The wide receivers need to manage to create more separation, find the open gaps. Um, Martinez is running against Oklahoma, a little bit of a fluke. Um, but I think ultimately when it came when it came to Texas Tech, as, as more consistent as it's been, Texas Tech kind of just went all out. They were gambling on which one we should go to. Oh, we'll, we'll go to Vaughn or Martinez. That to me, I think, I think that kind of, that kind of works in a way, especially when when Iowa State gets a little more depleted in the third quarter, as 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 like all games go, everybody's going to be gassed, and you know we saw that with Texas Tech last week, um, and you know I I just I don't know like looking at K State's defense and Iowa State's offense, just just looking at it from from an overall perspective, unless if Iowa State can get anything going with Xavier Hutchinson, I just don't see any way how Iowa State's able to win this game. 
and 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 this is no no knock to Hunter Deckers. He just hasn't he just hasn't ha- found his big big moment yet. I'm just I'm just not really sold on on Iowa State's offense, and then on top of that, uh, you, your spe- the special teams is just oh my god. Yeah, we don't even need we, to- we don't even need to mention that. But um, uh, it, if you're the if you ever if K State wants to win this game, like I've said in some of the some of the keys in the past, let the special teams make a big play because it's is pretty much polar opposites. When it comes to when it comes to the special teams category, yeah, we haven't really seen K State make a big play on special teams since the Missouri game. I mean, I think obviously teams are aware of how great our special teams are. So, I mean, the the Oklahoma Malik Knowles, yeah, you know they're kicking out of yeah. bounds to them. I mean, obviously we had the kick out of bounds on the kickoff against Texas Tech, which I mean you just can't be doing. Um, but I mean, we usually don't shoot ourselves in the foot on special teams. Um, and you talked about kind of Iowa State how they're going to be thinking coming into this game. I mean, you've They've seen what Adrian Martinez can do in the QB uh, run game. They're going to be totally locked in on that. And that's when I think we do some of that RPO stuff, like that play, the Phillip Brooks touchdown, where mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you're reading the defense. Those linebackers are going to bite. They're, they're you know, they know how lethal Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez are. So, I mean, if you just pull that ball, make a quick slant to Brooks, he's quick. You know, he can get through the safeties and he's gone for a touchdown. And I would, and I would add this as well. We gotta use DJ Kittens more often, man. <laughs> He's I mean, so good. You gotta use use him in the power run game with tempo to wear down this defense. I mean, when when you have Deuce be deucing, uh, Iowa State's at times gonna they're gonna expect just a small guy running on the field. Now, look at DJ Kittens averaging like five yards per carry so far from what from what we've seen this season. He needs to be part of a run game early. Keep Deuce fresh. Finish him off in the second half, especially with that run game. That should wear him down. And I, I, I think ultimately, if K State's able to capitalize on that, I think K State's able to get it done. Because I mean, like I said, Iowa State's offense—they can't do anything unless it's unless if Xavier <laughs> Hutchinson goes off, and which he did last year. But but K State's defense wasn't at its full yeah. potential. Yeah, we weren't the same defense that we are this year. I mean, Xavier Hutchinson can only do so much, right? He's the quarterback right. still has to throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, not to mention we talked—we didn't talk about it in our Iowa State preview. They don't have Charlie Kolar anymore, or that three-headed monster they had at tight end. So their offensive philosophy and has then, to be a lot different. And then on top of that, you do not have Jarrell Jer- Jer- Brock, Brock yeah. in which your run game, but uh, writing's on the wall. The defense is going to come come out. Uh, just ultimately like a bunch of toros, <laughs> uh, just like a bunch of toros looking at a red flag. They're going to be Iowa State's going to be asking. For yeah, it. and I think Joe Klanderman. Let's speaking on the defense for a little bit. I think he's found something special here that we did last week against Texas Tech, lining up Khalid Duke and Felix and UDK Uzama on the same side. I mean, that almost guarantees somebody's getting a one-on-one matchup. If we're going to send a fourth rusher, which I think we do, you know, especially on third down. Um, you know, getting those two on the same side and forcing a mismatch somewhere because I mean, one of them they're they're winning their one v one eventually. Like mm-hmm. that, th- they're just way too good to not have that. They had three sacks individually each last week. So if we can keep doing that, I don't know how much counterplay there really is, unless you want to you know have your tight end stay in block and then you have one less receiver you know going out for a route. It's easier for the defense and then Duckers uh, Deckers excuse me is just in there like a statue just waiting to be sacked. So. Um, I think we've covered some pretty good keys to the game, John. Let's get a score prediction. Oh man! All right, 
So everybody keeps on saying, oh, Iowa State, they, they, they've scored 88 on K-State for the past two years, yada, yada. This is going to be a much different K-State team. They're going to play their best performance, especially, uh, I hope, especially on the offensive line. I'm still getting kind of some weird vibes with Iowa State at night. I mean, anything can happen <laughs> at Farmageddon. And yeah. Iowa State's wearing all blacks. They, they kind of play at their best when they're wearing blacks. But at the end... The defense is gonna do, and the defense is gonna make all the biggest plays in the game, and I think Iowa State's run D will will get gassed out. Martinez and Vaughn's gonna run it up, and I think K State wins it. Oh, that's give me tough. I'm gonna go either 28-21, or I'm gonna go 24-19. Ooh, okay. I'm. That's 2419 is a good one. I think I'm going to go 2417. And let me tell you, Chris Kleiman and the people who were there in 2020, they remember what happened in Ames. Uh-huh. They remember what happened. And they're, I mean, they are, they know, they hear what Iowa State fans are you, saying. You sent, you sent, you sent me that video, and I, <laughs> we won't get into the details. Uh, but, but he did find a little bit of an unedited video they, of uh, Chris Kleiman kind of. Uh, putting his two there's, cents in. There's some words that K-State football can't put on their social media, but just know they remember 2020. They, they, they hear what Iowa State fans are saying. And Cl- so. Kleiman, just hearing that, Kleiman is pissed. He he wants his guys ready yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, he said, best week of preparation we've ever had, and I, I fully expect them to have that. So um, we're going to take a quick break and come back with a preview of Omigo High School football. But thank you so much for listening to our K-State sports section of the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And Cats by 90. Cats by 90.